Hello and welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We are back for a new series that just dropped on Disney Plus Marvel Studios Moon Knight. Uh, there's been a lot of anticipation for this series. The biggest lure for me is Oscar Isaac. He is bae. He not only looks incredibly attractive but he's also a magnificent actor and while i'm not trying to trash all of the other mcu actors uh, you know <laughs> i think they're lucky <laughs> that he has graced the marvel studios production team in my humble opinion because it's what got my black ass here Y'all don't mess with Marvel like that. We've already had this conversation. <laughs> but I was happy to see that it was a, a pretty great premiere. Uh, before I do get into the episode, since this is the first time we are going into the new series, let's go ahead and take a look behind the curtains. I just want to ask Pierce, maybe grab a pencil, take some notes. Moon Knight is, uh, of course, based on a comic series of the same name. It is this season going to be what I believe six or seven episodes, but at least six. The character of Moon Knight, I do not know much about, so I'll just give you the the premise. Mark Spector, a mercenary who has Dissociative Identity Disorder, DID, is drawn into a deadly mystery involving Egyptian gods with his multiple identities, such as Stephen Grant. And uh, that is good information to know. Because <laughs> after this first episode, I would have assumed that Stephen Grant is the dominant personality but that is indeed not the case. Stephen Grant's just becoming aware of the fact that uh, he is the spinoff of another person's personality. Uh, the lineup of producers and executive producers and creation, let's jump through that list, created by Jeremy Slater. Another huge draw for me because... Uh, he is responsible for Umbrella Academy. Also The Exorcist, if you like that. Uh, he worked on films such as The Fantastic Far Four. <laughs> Should be far because it's far away in my memory of films I'll ever watch. And Death Note, which wasn't bad at all. Uh, but Umbrella Academy is what I, I truly love him for. The... Executive producers are Kevin Feige, Luis De Esposito, Victoria Alonso, Brad Winterbaum, Grant Curtis, Oscar Isaac, Mohamed Diab, and Jeremy Slater once again. Cinematography, Gregory Middleton, and Andrew Jaz Palmera. Our starring cast, Oscar Isaac as Mark Spector slash Moon Knight slash Stephen Grant. 
I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna behave myself as much as I'm humanly possible. We have Meg Hallam We as Layla L. Fowley. Uh, do I know her from anything? It looks like she was in the Hulu television series. Um, <laughs> Rami. <laughs> I was just reading some other her stuff, and it looks like she was in some other shows that I've never heard of. So she's a relatively new actress uh, of Egyptian descent, which I heard the director pushed for. Uh, Karim El Hakim as F. Murray Abraham. Uh, <laughs> I don't know any of these people except for Ethan Hawke as Arthur Harrow, because I love me some Ethan Hawke and that is the main cast that is listed here on wikipedia <laughs> uh let's see i think we have pretty much covered all of the bases yeah um composer hashem nazi just because i thought the music in this first episode was really strong let's give everyone a round of applause and let's go ahead and jump into this episode but before we do just a quick reminder wherever you're listening to this itunes spotify podbean stitcher go down to that rating section drop some stars leave a review my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe you can send all feedback for any of the shows i do to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com so this first episode the goldfish problem was written by jeremy slater and directed by mohammed diab i gave it an 8.9 out of 10. i like the music as i stated earlier i thought that was one of the strongest uh components of this first episode that kept me highly engaged in the uh this the emotional uh, chaos that was going on with the the grant character um i liked most of the action i have to say it wasn't perfect there were definitely some some points where it is meant to immerse you directly into the the fear and the the confusion and the shock of switching between personalities and i understand that from a creative standpoint but it is it's going to take some getting used to or adjusting because it is a little too chaotic and a little too schizophrenic for me and i know it's meant to be that way but there's some parts where it's cut within the cinematography that it doesn't necessarily like that chase scene right even with the the pulled out shot you know i i the in the shots in the in the truck and everything like that that i i appreciate it because it made a lot more sense but the wider out shots are the ones that I have issue with because there's just no reason why that particular part would be so, uh, I don't know. I can't put the right word that I, I want to associate to it, but it just, it didn't mesh well. It didn't work for me. Um, what did work for me was the performance of Oscar, which a lot of that was put on him for Stephen Grant who is a endearing character I think giving him a British accent and centering him in London was a smart choice an unexpected choice 
Uh, I haven't watched much of the trailers. I think I watched one or two and I, I didn't even remember anything from them. So uh, when he opened his mouth, I was definitely surprised. Excuse me? What the eh? I also think it's very fascinating because usually British actors come over here, make American movies, and they have to talk in American accent. And here we have an American actor who goes over to London. Like there's there's some meta commentary there that's quite hysterical to me anyway. Uh, and pulls off a pretty damn good British. I was convinced. And I watch a lot of British television. So I know Londoners are probably going to have their own particular critique. But as someone who uh, would never, that also can do a terrible, terrible British accent, I thought his was convincingly spot on. Uh, I loved all the hiya. <laughs> hey, because I already use that in my regular vernacular in life. I, I just really go around saying hiya. And people always stare at me like, what? are you talking about that's not a word <laughs> in which i am familiar because uh, they know the high part they just don't know the yeah <laughs> they're like i don't is that a question what's up with that it's adorable it's adorable every time he says it and he's really doing the most to make us fall ever more in love with him but we meet him immediately well first we meet uh ethan hawk's character arthur harrow in a very odd scene he puts some water down on a napkin dips his finger in the water contaminated much but sure it's your own germs uh puts it around the rim swirls it around the rim there to make that sound i don't know must make you feel good maybe he's just parched i can't tell then he uh puts the glass down upside down takes a very mangled looking put together hammer i mean there's depot stores there's hardware stores around you know what, what is that the 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 hammer they used to nail jesus to the cross what the fuck he then smashes the glass with one swing impressive uh didn't even have to you know <laughs> keep on banging then he puts the glass in his shoe and i was like oh my god he's about to put his feet in there this man really does believe he is jesus christ put your faith in the light next we meet our tyler character waking <laughs> seemingly confused tied to his uh bed by a leg shackle uh, he also puts tape up. I'm not sure what that's meant to actually prevent. Someone definitely tell me why he would put the the tape up there. I got everything else, the locks, but why the tape? Um, why not a trash bin either? I know they're a thing. He then goes to work. He then leaves for work, curses out one of the, the people for selling rubbish right in front of his building, misses his bus, falls asleep on somebody, <laughs> tries to get all up in someone's personal space. Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that. Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that. Yeet, yeet. I ain't playing around, make one for 
me like that. He goes to work. His boss, Donna, is one of those bosses. Like, I don't really like you as a person, but I keep you around because it makes me feel better. <laughs> Apparently, he asked out one of his coworkers, but doesn't recall asking her out and is surprised because he did have a thing for her. Donna tried to come over and congratulate him on having the balls to do so and then he makes some joke and she's like this is why you're a weirdo <laughs> i'm summing things up uh he's on inventory for being late he tries to correct her on some signs like hey there were you know nine deities not six she's like let's do a little like i can no. i'm guessing there's a reason why he works at this particular museum since if grant is an alter ego of mark then mark um somehow wants grant to be where he is and i can't think that it is a coincidence <laughs> now that i know that this is about egyptian gods that he works at uh a museum where there is plenty of egyptian uh fossils ancient remains so on and therein also i have to say and i know it's not right to say but i still have to say you just can't go up to little kids as adult men anymore you can't you cannot you can't just be like hey little girl that just rudely put that piece of gun which i'm surprised that was allowed to happen because i know those people in museums they be on them kids like white on rice <laughs> hey you ain't putting no gum no damn where but uh yeah you can't just roll up to a little girl and talk to her and have a conversation because you're automatically going to be deemed a pedophile facts don't care about your feelings that's just the world that we live in i would feel some type of way if i stepped away for two seconds to look at something and i turn around and there's some grown-ass man talking to my daughter and then trying to lead her somewhere oh hell no matter of fact if it was my daughter she'd be like my mama told me not to go nowhere with strangers <laughs> don't mess with her she you hear when she get back she gonna beat your ass <laughs> i said just you keep it moving um he then goes back home he notices that there is a voice that's saying his name or something to that effect things really pop off when he wakes up in a field with his jaw dislocated which that would be the worst thing to wake up to not only do i not know how i just got here but i'm fucked up in a way in my face in which i can't see but i know it's not normal <laughs> and he's like what the hell and he sees someone in a building up top and he's like hey hiya and the guy waves back and then another guy shows up with a gun like what the fuck are you doing that's the enemy <laughs> it turns out he stole a what did they call this a scarab scarb scribe one of those three um and they are trying to get it back from him he's in his regular clothes too 
let me guess he just put he just magically put on his outfit the flash is envious <laughs> um they chase him into town this was one of those cinematography background scenes where i'm like that's a castle but it's moving and i don't know like i got way too distracted by what was going on in the background because it didn't match up <laughs> and if it was supposed to i'm sorry because something disconnected there i have no idea what it was once he gets into town it's much better all the townsfolk are starting to gather uh he's being chased by a large group of men and while he's able to escape them temporarily their messiah walks through to pass some judgment time he has a uh, a tattoo of scales on his forearm and if you are good you're all good if you are bad or you might be bad in the future apparently you are to die today <clears throat> bullshit this minority report all over again how you gonna judge me for something i might do might do this is all in the service of the goddess amit uh i don't know too much about ahmed but he told her whole life story in the museum a little bit later uh she was betrayed and that she judged people and that was her whole thing like yeah why do i have to wait for people to be terrible why can't i just know that they're going to be terrible and just take my soul <laughs> i'm tired of waiting for people to die for my souls i need to eat them right now uh i guess one of her things is because i just looked her up her one of her titles is devourer of the dead oh eater of hearts and great of death so she's not coming for anything positive definitely it's not a celebratory one of life she's a killer ethan hawk is doing his best portrayal of a cult leader and i love it absolutely adore it he is really convincing himself <laughs> he got some type of power to kill people so clearly it's not like you ain't blessed by your own ego you blessed by something sir one of his men tells him what has happened there's been a robbery or there was something that went wrong at the exchange he asks if he's still here he's like yeah so he just says the thing that his followers would know <laughs> and that was a funny scene he was like bloody hell fuck me i would be caught out like that that was a smart move though that was that was i i i i, I gave him some dap on that he said give me back my shit he's like here absolutely <laughs> didn't even know i took it uh except he is being screamed at by this voice that doesn't quite sound like mark all oh, it says the idiot is in charge <laughs> so i'm guessing that's something else uh that's moon knight because the voices are definitely different uh between stephen grant and mark and this other voice that seems to be very 
contemptuous of Stephen Grant versus Mark who seemed to be like come on buddy it's okay I know this is a confusing time for you <laughs> it was more empathetic the other one was like bitch put the other one on the line nobody called you uh he is stopped from giving it to him physically and then he has to run because uh <laughs> he blacks out and kills a lot of people then he's bloodied and he gets into the ice cream truck out of all well it was a cupcake bakery truck and they chase him i was very surprised about how organized this little city cult really was and apparently it's all the way into london <laughs> which is uh that's that's the terrifying thing about cults you never know who's a part of one right all these uh very very impressionable people in the world it wouldn't be too hard wouldn't be too hard the frequency of which he in which he blacked out that would really frustrate the hell out of me and i wish i didn't know so much about did <laughs> and i had to put that aside mentally because some of this was like yeah that's not how it works but it is fiction so he switches several times to try to help himself out of the situation or mark trying to help steven out of the situation he knocks some cars over there's a nice crash scene um he passed a woman that had a whole bunch of chickens in the back of her truck he overtook her she was not too happy gave him the bird one minute he is in the truck almost about to get shot the next he wakes up in bed and he's so thankful because he's still shackled <laughs> and he thinks that was just a terrible terrible dream and he was saying it at the time that it was happening this must be a fucking dream he goes to eat some cereal and realizes that his fish gus is not his fish gus anymore because he had one fin he's pretty proud of his paraplegic fish gus and now gus is dead and there's another fish in his place and i'm pretty sure that fish probably has the scarborough thing in it <laughs> i've given it every name <laughs> possible because i don't write shit down uh after he realizes it's not his fish he goes back to the fish store co to complain and she's like yeah you were here and this is what you wanted if you want a handicapped fish store <laughs> you better go find them where you got the original gus then he realizes the time and that he has a date he goes and gets all dressed up for it he's like you look like a knob it's like you look delicious Yeah, you got of course we knew that he was gonna get stood up on his date because unlike him 
we thought to look at a calendar i'm like all that shit happened and you were that far away you was in some village in the middle of goddamn nowhere don't even know how you got there and you didn't think to look at all you must not own a phone does he not own a phone this is happening in the 20s of 22s right so it's two days later she tells him to lose her number when he calls her because she's the one that got stood up and was made a full of this is the girl of his dreams the girl that he literally was talking to a statue man all about when your best friend is someone who can't talk back stop it get some help also if i was losing my mind the first thing i would do i'm not one of those people that are too proud my ass would be in the psych ward so quick like what the fuck is going on i need to know i need to know tell me baby girl because i need to know for real for real like the third time this shit would have happened <laughs> you would think to go to a psychologist like so i get up at night i try to stay up all night i love that scene that was one of my favorite scenes when he was doing the rubik's cube mm, mm, mm. um <laughs> reasons then uh that scene though when he was ordering that was sad he's like i will have the steak <laughs> just give me a piece of it and make it however because i need something to cry in and apparently it's too late for soup my first love broke my heart for the first time and i was like told him it was sunday he asked the waiter i guess because he didn't believe her why wouldn't you why wouldn't you though you're like uh i didn't know two whole damn days passed <laughs> he's like i know it comes after thursday it ain't friday it's definitely friday <laughs> no it's sunday so it all really hits him and i thought this was a very strong scene from oscar emotionally of his confusion hurt hysterical hysteria a little bit i know i'd be hysterical i thought he took it like a man <laughs> absolute denial uh then he goes back home he goes back home to drown his sorrow in that box of chocolates that he bought he calls his mom a lot you know that well Ooh, is that why he calls his mom because it's not really his mom damn that also confirms that he does have a cell phone because he saw him before who he calling who is he calling i can't believe i just picked that up <laughs> the fact that he just been calling someone because i was thinking i was like damn your mama don't love you if she ain't even called you back you keep leaving voicemails i rarely ever call my mother and i get her voicemail she usually picks up <laughs> or if i do uh if i do hang up she'll just call me right back or send a text like what's up like nothing it's all good uh he does then realize that uh there's been some shit moved around and there is a secret compartment up there that i thought totally would hide a uniform but instead is hiding a key and something else and a phone he calls the phone there's two names in there one was layla the other was oh crap i forgot it already 
yeah i didn't write it down but it was someone else but it's mostly her he calls her she's like it's been months what the fuck i thought you were dead what's with this accent she calls him mark he's like who the hell is mark why do you think i'm mark she hangs up he then starts to freak out because he's hearing another voice in his head talk to him uh i like what they did with the the camera work with the mirrors i thought that was strong everything starts to collapse in his psyche but he thinks it's happening out in the real world and he ends up running for the elevator jumps in the elevator doesn't get down to the ground floor (laughs) sees the what the hell is that that's chasing him some type of uh i i I don't know phantom like creature uh chasing him around (laughs) that old woman she was like my friend lives right here (laughs) i don't even blame her (laughs) you're like hold the elevator oh shit you looking like you having a mental breakdown he asks himself what is happening and still does not think to seek any professional help (laughs) he then gets on the bus the next day and surprisingly harrow is on the bus he's like oh my god he was real he then goes into the museum he asks the security guard hey i'm being followed can you look out for dodgy people no it's a free museum i'm gonna let anybody in bloody hell it's about as useful as a hot dog at a bloody vegetarian convention and i'm gonna beg to differ that otter videos are the cutest that that's uh you know that's debatable it's very debatable he is then asked to because he's just basically a labor man for donna he's like donna donna shut the fuck up seriously shut the fuck up give me a minute (laughs) i don't know how he managed to get past him but arthur is waiting with several other people who felt the need to reveal that they're with him (laughs) by showing their tattoos (laughs) and he says look uh i serve the goddess amunet and she was betrayed and this is what i represent and i'm about to judge you right now because you stole something from her except the judgy thing doesn't work because it can he can't be judged he's chaos and or he has chaos inside of him he runs away and he lets him go because he figures i'm just gonna have a huge monster like thing attack you when you're going home because you you let him do inventory you waited till the place was cleared out that was considerate at least no no uh innocent casualties except maybe the janitors but shit i figure they'll just lift their arms and <laughs> be like surprise in the cold motherfucker uh he then <laughs> runs from this huge jackal monster creature uh he's like look give up the the scarab i think i finally said it right and you know you'll be fine like really you just conjured a monster i don't think i'm gonna be fine he runs into a restroom where finally the real mark 
which is oscar talking in another slightly different american accent than his own says look i can help you stop running from me look at me i know you're scared but you need to let me take control and not fight me grant says fine he then transforms into moon knight and i like the the you know i don't need to see everything in a fight scene i thought this was clever having you know you not see completely what happens except the end of the fight and i thought it was even more impressive that the jackal went in to attack him and then it's trying to get the fuck away like oh i don't want none that's smoke we see moon knight in his full attire i do like the aesthetic of his look and that is how it ends the episode i also think i want to change my score i'm going to retroactively settle on a 9 out of 10 um because the more i discussed it and the more i'm talking about it the more i realized there were a lot more scenes that i i really enjoyed but yeah i think the standout was definitely oscar isaac's performance uh he's carrying the weight of a lot of the scenes that he's working with i think ethan hawk is a is a great opposite him uh i'm sure i'm gonna meet some of the other cast uh i don't know how strongly i love them <laughs> but uh i'm sure they, they made the right decisions in the casting i don't have really any concerns there but i i uh also know that there was a actor that was in the series but unfortunately passed away i believe um yeah so that that was definitely some sad news to hear after the series had wrapped so I'm not sure if they're going to keep that actor scenes in the in the series or not. I, I didn't follow any of the any of the uh, gossip news and all that jazz. Um, but I am looking forward to these five episodes. If you want to send feedback, send that to blackercrouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.